Welcome to Reflection of Kings. I'm Seth. And I'm Jabril. And we are interviewing Tavon Mason, the founder of Tavon Loves the Kids Foundation that promotes healthy living for the youth. Thank y'all for having me, fellas. Appreciate okay. it. Uh, my first question I'd like to ask, how was life growing up in Baltimore for you? Um, growing up in, in Baltimore City, I grew up West Baltimore, um, grew up in Emerson Village. Um, majority of my childhood was at my grandmother's um, while my parents were at work um, on Franklin Street. So I went to um, George Street Elementary, my brother and I, before, I'm not sure if you guys know, but before they tore down the um, Murphy Home Project, High Rises, our elementary school was in that project. So, I mean, I loved it. I loved growing up in Baltimore City, um, where I lived at, and um, um, I, I love my city. I mean, I even got a tattooed on my arm. <laughs> what motivated you to get you where you are now? Um, I think just wanted to do something other than what I saw um, growing up um, with friends, um, whether they were getting arrested, whether, you know, some was being murdered, um, you know, playing in the streets just a little bit. Um, I did for like a week when we moved into Baltimore County, um, right across the line, right at Forest Park and um, Windsor Mill, um, you know, uh, playing around in the street stuff. But I just always knew I wanted to do something above than what the norm was. Um, the one good thing I had, you know, my older brother, I know sometimes we had brothers and and sisters who, we they don't tend to get along, but my brother and I, we were real tight. So my brother would give me little advice. You know, he was four years older than me, so he would tell me, you know, for instance, man, so I learned how to study right now, but you know, me being in high school and being a teenager, man, I ain't worried about that. I'm getting A's and B's until I got smacked in the face going to college that I should learn how to study. So he was kind of like that driving force um, of wanting to do more um, because one, Baltimore was always looked down by outsiders, not knowing the treasures we had within the city and in the county, uh, in the city of Baltimore in general. And I always wanted to either be a NFL player or a pediatrician. Why do you feel that like black boys only believe that sports are the only way for them to prosper in life? Um, I think in, in from being a coach, um, being a coach now, being a former player in college in the NFL, and seeing it when I was young playing in Pop Warner football, that's kind of like the driving force for some parents, meaning that they see that as the number one way to get them out of that predicament instead of pushing the, the education factor, pushing other stuff that's out there, whether it's teachers, doctors, whatever it may be, uh, that's like the easiest way to get to being rich or successful um, without selling drugs, doing street stuff, or even taking that time. And maybe in some households, education isn't the biggest or the number one component to them. So I think a lot with us, one, we play it in the streets because we aggressive. It was a way for us to get our anger and hostility out. And to me, it served as a discipline um, of playing football, but I always knew of wanting to do a plan B. Um, a lot of our young kids and kids your age don't really know of a plan B because it's just this or else, whether it's football, sports, rapping, you know, anything like that, there's no plan B. So me personally, when I speak, to kids, even in my mentoring program, or even where I teach at, I also talk about the other side, meaning 
what else could you do besides sports? So I believe if we as adults push you guys to see other stuff, and I'm pretty sure um, Mr. Holmes is doing that with you guys, especially with doing this setup, you know, it opens the eyes more. I wish someone had told me, look beyond being a player and like think about being a general manager. I'm not sure if y'all know, but the Redskins hired their first uh, black president over the, um, the break before the season started. Um, so getting into those roles or looking in those roles. So if I had the opportunity or someone told me that, I probably would have went that way after life after football. How, how can like people as a whole, like us as a whole, push the black boys to think that sports aren't the only way? Like we can have doctors, lawyers, managers, and all that. Like how can we push that? Um, we gotta we gotta just band together. Um, and I say this, and it's not in a, a a letdown of our culture, but I think we gotta come together as a culture. So if you look at the other cultures, they do everything together. You know what I mean? So we got to get to that factor of doing things together and also putting other opportunities in front of us. And I say that with all of us because I'm a, uh, even though I'm a black man, adult male now, but even from you guys, putting stuff in front of you guys. Um, So I say again, uh, what you guys are doing on this project. So y'all learn how to run scam boards, how to interview, how to uh, work behind the cameras. Most of us don't want to do that because we want to be the star of everything, but not knowing that being behind the scenes, you'll get paid a lot more money sometimes than being the it factor. So I say if we work together and put those opportunities in front of our young males, our young our young ladies, it, it, it will make the most out of it. So a lot of these mentoring programs that are coming up, it helps for you guys to see what else is out there. I know in my mentoring program, everybody's not gonna go to college, right? So in my mentor program, we took our young fellas to North America trade to learn about trades. When we got there, man, they were shocked. They didn't know nothing about that. Being an electrician, um, being a carpenter, being a, di- a diesel mechanic, stuff that you can start after two years of college and you make crazy amount of money learning how to install uh, heat and ventilation, the AC, and you can make crazy amount of money, but we don't know that. So if we join together and introduce it to you guys, I think it will pique your interest more. What happened in your life to inspire you into making the Tavon Loves the Kids Foundation? Um, so getting the opportunity to, to get a full scholarship to play at University of Virginia. So the University of Virginia, when I went out, when I was coming out of high school, was like the number one public institution in the, in the United States. So here you got a young, a young boy, young teenage boy, black boy, grew up in West Baltimore, go to Woodlawn Middle, graduated from Woodlawn High, and at that time, Willow Middle, Willow High was kind of uh, on that, that tilt of, of a, like a powder keg exploding because of the situation we had. So be, to be able to graduate um, from Willow High, 365 grade point average, top 10% of my class, and receive a full scholarship to UVA, it was like, if I make it and keep pushing, when I come back, I want to give it back. So that's what really inspired me on wanting to give back to my city. Um, oftentimes you see uh, a lot of um, athletes who are from their hometown, they give to the, the place where they're playing at. Me, I wanted to circle it back around and come back here to be able to talk the same way, you know, interviewing with you guys or if I go out and meet people or people come ask me to speak and give it back to them because I felt like that was my purpose. And 2011, I jump-started by visiting a Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital. And I spent about two hours with kids who, unlike us, we can move around. You know, some of them kids are, you know, were in there for for years. Some had uh, medical issues where they wouldn't be able to 
play football, run around because of that situation. So I felt like if I was able to make it to college, graduate, number one, I speak highly about academics, graduate and make it to the NFL, I can come back and give it on or sprinkle it on to, uh, to the youth or the people in my city. Um, how difficult was it to start the foundation? Um, it was difficult. You know, some might think, you know, because having the NFL tag makes it easy. It really doesn't make it easy. Uh, a lot of people are in love with that tag of you being a former NFL player. So they don't really take you serious as wanting to help in the community. So the hard work came with influencing people or letting people know, no, this is really what I want to do, the groundwork I want to do. So to get rolling in 2011 was going out visiting places, right? 2012, um, it was, again, going out visiting places, but also being touchable. So what I mean by being touchable was like we're doing now, sitting down with people, um, talking to them, you know, talking to kids, you know, talking to adults. Because again, you know, I hate to say it, a lot of athletes, they do a lot of that community work based off of what their representatives tell them to do. Oh, you should do this. We take pictures and make you look good in the limelight, right? So I didn't want that whole effect. Yeah, of course, people took pictures of mine was I really wanted to give back to my community. So it was hard at first, and now it's a lot easier getting help with certain uh, initiatives that I do. What made you choose a slipper drive out of all things? So the slipper drive, it was it was funny how it came about. So my vice president, um, when she came on board to help me back in 2012, I told her, like, yeah, I contacted the University of Maryland. Um, I was going to do that reading program. But the doctor that started the reading program left. So the, the reading program kind of died out. So she called, talked to the people, and they gave like a, a wish list of things they wanted to do. I already knew people did the tennis shoe drive. I know people did the Thanksgiving thing. So I wanted to do something that was original and to make sure I wasn't reinventing the wheel or doing the same thing over and over again. So when she read down the list, she said, you know, we can do pajamas. And I was like, no, nah, I really want to do pajamas. Then she like, you know, we can do slippers. And I was like, hold up. So basically we just did like a, a pick and shoot and we came with the slipper drive. So starting in 2013 in January, we visited University of Virginia. We took about 150 slippers there. And the thing with the University of Maryland Children's Hospital, where the hospital, where their floor is, is opposite of the, um, the cafe, right? So just imagine if you had a child that was sick, just got out of surgery, but you don't want to leave that side to get something to eat. So by the time they would leave to get something to eat, the cafeteria was closed. So what we did our first year out, we bought slippers and we also bought food to the parents so they wouldn't have to leave their children's side. We knew we couldn't get them out the hospital you know, because we're not their doctors. So we wanted to at least bring them some joy. So we started collecting character slippers, regular slippers, and we take them to the children's hospital. So starting in 2013, we started with one children's hospital. Now we're up to nine, three outside of the state of Maryland. So we visit University of Virginia Children's Hospital, where I went to college, the Children's Hospital, the King's Daughter in Norfolk, Virginia, and we added the Ronald McDonald House in New High Park, which is in Long Island, where I played with the New York Jets. So we would pack 500 pairs of slippers, drive up to New York, to Long Island, and we would set up a huge table where families can come and pick out slippers. So I've met families from the Middle East, um, I've got families that can't speak English, but are grateful that we bought slippers. So that was just my biggest thing of putting smiles on kids' faces while they're in the hospital, and even the parents' faces, you know. And I had complete strangers who would 
come up to me, crown on my shoulder, giving me a hug, just to, you know, because they had child and smile the whole time. So, and when they finally got those pair of slippers, they were smiling. So that's like my purpose for wanting to do things like this in the community. That, that purpose, not even the point of getting accolades or awards, but if I can touch somebody I never met in my life, get them to smile, hug me, or just thank me, I did my job. Thank you, Mr. Tavon, for coming out. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for having me. And this is Reflection of Kings, and I'm Jabril. I'm Chef. And make sure y'all tune in to our next podcast with Joel Gamble. That will be coming out real soon. It will be really exciting, so I suggest you guys go watch it. Thanks for watching. Bye.